Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now rejoining us for our Euro 2016 coverage is Dylan, who is, of course, from the Box to Box podcast, uh, and he's been on here a couple of times already talking about Portugal. Dylan, today, maybe not the best example of football and why it's great in the world, but a late winner, dramatic stuff, which has kind of been the flavor of the month uh, at the tournament thus far. Uh, Obviously, very exciting for you. What was your view of this one? Uh, Well, so yeah, definitely scenes at the end. You do say that it wasn't the best parts of football, but I would say the last five minutes of the match was certainly some of the, the best highlights I've had experience in football. Um, so going into the game, Fernando Santos commented on how Portugal were the most unified at the Euros, which I thought was a bit disingenuous and probably not a good sign. Um, and he was also saying how he was content with Portugal's performances so far in the group stage. And basically where he was coming from was saying how the group stage competition is different from the knockout stages, which I guess is fair enough. And when the starting lineups came out, Sandos made four changes, including three that hadn't actually appeared in the group stage. There was Cedric, the Southampton fullback that came in for Verinha, which I liked. Cedric is better defensively and still offers something going forward. Guerrero was fit to come back into left back for LSAU. Um, I was a fan of LSAU playing, but he had a pretty poor defensive game against Hungary in the last group game. Matinho apparently had a knock which may be why he went off early against um, Hungary in the last game. That meant Adrian Silva, who he's the captain of Sporting Lisbon. He's a pretty decent midfielder, but generally he, he's busy, but, but he doesn't really have the technical ability of Moutinho or most of Portugal's other central midfielders. The fourth change was actually Jose Fonte coming in for Ricardo Cavallo. And I actually messaged you that I didn't pick that up until 10 minutes in because I I didn't even look at that because I honestly didn't think Santos would drop him. Mm. Um, he did mention that since Cavallo is one of the older players and it's only about a three-day turnaround, that there probably wasn't the time to recover. But I hope he just realizes that Fonte is the better option now and going into going into the future. Um, start of the game, the first half, it was a bit of a non-event. Neither team was really putting that much pressure on the opposition. There was a lot of niggly fouls, which I feel the referee um, didn't really do do his job to clean down on them. I feel a few yellows, even even early in the game, would have um, stopped a lot of those petty, petty fouls. Um, in the first half, Croatia had 60% of the ball, but that didn't really, they didn't really do much with it. I was pretty confident Portugal would have have a minority of the ball. Um, 
about 20 minutes in, Pepe had probably the best chance of the match, definitely the best chance of the match for Portugal, which was a floater for a kick from Guerrero. He was offside, but the flag wasn't raised, and he headed over the bar. He was probably about five yards out. It was not the best effort. If I'm being honest, it was probably the low light of a poor half for Pepe. Normally, he's decent passing out from the back, but he was really wayward in the... And at halftime, he had 40% of his... Pu- 40% of his passes were misplaced. And you compare that for Fonte, had only misplaced about 5 or 6% of his passes. Um, I felt pretty pretty positive going into, going into halftime. Croatia didn't really look like they were doing much, and I think that had a lot to do with Mandzukic. I mentioned this in the last our last chat, that I would have rather faced in Mandzukic than Kalinic, who I felt added a bit more a bit more mobility, another dimension to the Croatian attack. And, yeah, I didn't I didn't expect Portugal to have a majority of the ball. And when they did have the ball, they looked okay without being fantastic. So I wasn't too concerned going into the halftime. There was, there was actually a moment in the first half I should touch on. Fonte appeared to step on Rakitic's leg. And from a referee's viewpoint, rather than a Portugal's a Portugal supporter, he probably should have seen reds because you don't really want to see that in the game, regardless of who you are following. Um, so start of the second half, a couple of minutes in, Santos brings on Renato Sanchez, like probably only th- three, four minutes into the second half, and he replaced Andre Gomez, who, as we were saying in the last game against Hungary, he didn't offer too much. That was the same today. He was a bit, a bit absent while in the first half. When I heard that Matinho wasn't starting, I sort of hoped that Sanchez may have got the start, but I understand why Santos, Santos opted for the older, more ex- experienced Silva. Um, but the time Sanchez was on, he offered Portugal so much more drive in the middle, which, as I'll get to, led to the miraculous winner. The second half, though, was, to be brutally honest, a pretty dour affair. Neither side could strength five or six passes together, and the referee, like I mentioned before, failed to sort of crack down on those niggling, annoying fouls that really slowed the game down. And, in fact, his only, the only yellow card that he dished out in the whole 120 minutes was to William Cavallo when probably there could have been 10-plus 10, 10 yellow cards, which, but saying that, if he, get, if he gave out two or three in the first 20 minutes when the, when a few people had one or two fouls, a lot of that would have been claimed out and a lot of and it would have probably led to a, a better spectacle. Um, approaching the end of the 90s, Santos brought on Karejma for Mario, which meant Portugal switched to 4 throw 3 with Ronaldo playing as a centre-forward. I was surprised to see the real, a real statement of intent from the manager. Like I said in our last chat, the 4-3-3 would have offered Portugal the best opportunity on the counter with Ronaldo, Nani, and Karejma as the front the front three. And the damning start at the end of 90 minutes was that neither team had had a shot on goal. But I felt that the positive thing was for Portugal was the back four, who hadn't played together at this tournament, and I, I haven't looked back, but probably ever. And they looked really solid and mine laps free. Even even Pepe seemed pretty in control of himself in this match. First half of extra time was a lot like the first 90 minutes, low quality. I tweeted that I wanted to see Rafa Silva come on, maybe for Nani, who was playing his 100th cap. But instead, 108, 108 minutes in, 
Sandor subbed on Danilo for Adrian Silva, which I thought would bring a lot more pressure on Portugal. But in hindsight, it gave Renato Sanchez and the three, for, the three forwards a strong base to really push, and eventually that helped in grabbing the winner. Then, so with five minutes to go, 115 minutes in, Perisic hit the, hit the post, which <laughs> I nearly passed out. Um, Ronaldo picked it up in the near his in the corner of his defensive third, cut out ball to Sanchez, who had about 50 yards of space to run into. Nani was on the left. Krojima was went central. Ronaldo on the right. They all bombed forward. And basically, Sanchez to Nani, Topo shot, come cross. Ronaldo shot, great save. Bounced up to Krojima to head home. Um, in my 20 years, I've seen some pretty, pretty outrageous moments in Portuguese football. But this, this side, potentially four of the five most gifted players ever to play for Portugal, or at least in, in my lifetime, linking together to put Portugal through. I couldn't contain myself. It was stunning scenes, really. And huge celebrations. And I was worried I was worried that the, Port- the Portugal team, when all those players run in, I'm worried that like they're not going to switch back on. You see that a lot in football. And... Oh, I could hardly watch the last five minutes, but thankfully, despite Croatia throwing the kitchen sink, Portugal held on. And yeah, Portugal through to the last eight. Yeah, obviously that's what's important at the end of the day is you make it through. Uh, we already know your opponent, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, in this one, who impressed and disappointed for Portugal? Um, for me, the player that most impressed me, without a doubt, was Renato Sanchez. Portugal, like I said, so much more intent and drive in the middle of the field when he was on. He did give the ball away on occasions, but he was such a physical presence and his energy was obviously key to the winning goal. Um, Some of his stats, three take-ons, which was more than any other Portugal player, three fouls, one more than any other Portugal player, and he, he gave away five fouls but four of them were smart fouls that negated attacking opportunities for Croatia. He's only 18, but for mine, he is the man that Portugal should be focused around going forward. And in the qualifiers, he'll probably be there, definitely start. He'll probably definitely start. I think he'll start in the qualifiers for the World Cup. And... I would not be surprised if he's the best player in the world in four, five, six years' time. Also, the manager, Fernando Santos, he impressed me. I'm not his biggest advocate, but he was bold with his selections and they paid off. All four players that he swapped in, especially the two of the defenders, Fonte and Cedric and Silva, in the midfield, they had solid displays. The back four looked well-structured and squashed most of Croatia's attacking verve. Sanchez, Karajma, Danilo all turned out to be good, um, if not fantastic substitutions. So credit where credit is due. Yeah, Sanchez is obviously going to be a terrific player. Are, are you worried at all about his club move that maybe yes. it'll stun yeah. us? <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking to Jake Jackman over Twitter today about um, as a Spurs fan, really loving the idea of Vincent Jansen coming to Tottenham, but also fearing it a little because he'll be stuck behind someone. So that that is a concern for you. It's it's a major concern. In um, 
the box to box group chat that we had, I, I said, I said about half an hour ago, I was worried about the only concern is he's going to be stuck behind the likes of Thiago, uh, Vidal, and obviously they're fantastic midfielders of Bayern, but uh, I'd like to think that he's got the ability to the ability to crack say 20, 25 first team appearances this season. Um, Hopefully, Ancelotti sees that sees that in him. But I would have preferred to see him maybe go to maybe Serie A or La Liga, a top four side there. Um, there's been comparisons, obviously, with um, Paul Pogba. Um, so <laughs> if he didn't make the move to Bayern Munich, maybe he could have moved to Juventus. That would have been an interesting an interesting move. Um, but like I said, as long as there's no major setbacks, there's not there's nothing really stopping him from becoming one of the best players, or definitely one of the best midfielders um, in the world. Yeah, the talent the talent is definitely there. Sometimes one, it looks like he just charges around the pitch. You know, like maybe maybe stay in your position, but yeah, he's definitely a terrific talent. In in that game, you could you could see that, but that was probably because a lot of the players were out of position because basically Croatia were bombing forward and the Danilo and William Cavallo were sitting pretty deep. So um, Sanchez was was brought on to to add a lot of energy, which I think he done. But I, but but for the games he played for Benfica this year, he he plays a lot more. A lot more discipline. Normally, he's holding, but he does have the ability, as you saw with the goal, to really bomb forward and add something in attack. Yeah, for sure. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW. 
All right, and uh, to wrap up, uh, we already know who your opponent is, which is nice. You know you're facing Poland. I believe this is the furthest they've ever made it in the tournament. Um, you'll be facing Lewandowski, who hasn't had a great tournament, Milik, who's basically missing every chance put in front of him, including almost his uh, penalty. Kicked yeah. it right off the keeper's hand, still manages to go in, however. I, I got to figure you're confident heading into that one. Yeah, so to be honest, that was the first game that I've seen Poland play at this Euros. Um, obviously, their goal was a stunning counterattack, but overall, they seemed pretty leggy and were sort of happy to invite invite Switzerland onto them. Uh, like I said, Lewandowski, he hasn't scored in the tournament, but he, look, he looked pretty pretty decent in this game. Um, Barshikowski, I've always been a big fan of him, especially his Dortmund days. Good goal. I think he scored in the final group game as well. Uh, Fabianski in goals, he was tremendous. He made a couple of great saves, especially in... Um, extra time and was only beaten by, of course, that wonder goal from Shakiri. Uh, like you said, Milik, he's obviously one of the better strikes in the Eredivisie. Um, but to be fair, that partnership between Milik and Lewandowski hasn't really done too much in the tournament, I feel. Do you, do you sort of agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought coming in, that Lewandowski was going to eat up a lot of the defense, which would leave Milik in a lot of space. And he's a decent passer of the ball, so he could create as well. And he has done. He just hasn't put it in the back of the net. I mean, Lewandowski has had a few nod downs uh, to players behind him, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if you're game planning for Poland, obviously step one is nullify Lewandowski. And then you have a much easier task from there, from there onwards. Um, so yeah, I, I think if, if you're able to do that, which would be interesting to hear, what, what defensive pairing do you think would best be able to shut him down? Or do you just tell William Carvalho, you're just on him, end of? Well, well, Portugal are probably going to be the team with most, the most possession in this game. Because both teams like to counter, but the, both teams' strengths are in counter-hanging football. But um, Portugal probably have the players to hold possession more than Poland would. So to shut I don't think I'd I'd like to see Fonte Fonte hold his position because I'm I'm really concerned that Santos is going to go back and put um Cavallo in. And I think if you're going to deal with the physicality of Lewandowski and his aerial ability, it'd be better to have if you're going to put a center back on him, it would be better to have Pepe or Fonte. Um or you could even put on on Danilo for that because I wouldn't really use William Cavallo to mark a player out of the game because I feel that he offers he's able that. he's he offers more in the the way he recycles possession the way he he breaks up play I wouldn't want him to just sort of be stuck on stuck on one player but Danilo potentially if you're going to man mark him Danilo would be the man that I'd use for that. Fair enough. And uh, if I had to press you for a result? Um, well, Graham Sooners on Band Sport in, in Australia was saying how Portugal fans should be encouraged with the defensive display of the team this morning. And to be fair, I agree. And I'm fairly confident that Portugal can win this one another 1-0 perhaps. All right. And how far do you think you can make it in the tournament now? <laughs> um, so 
if we beat Poland, we verse the winner of Wales v Belgium Hungary. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe so. Um, oh, <laughs> oh, right, we'll come third in the group, and we we probably can make the final. Croatia were. <laughs> Croatia were the favourites on this side of the draw to make the final. We beat Croatia. We can make the final. Fair enough. You have to go through Wales, probably. <laughs> and obviously, that's the concern. Imagine oh, what, what an epic Bale, Bale versus Ronaldo. Then Bale actually makes a free kick. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think some of the uh, pundits will pass out before that game. It will just be absolute pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be surprised. Uh, who, who's the Irish commentator that loses his mind all the time in La Liga? Oh, um, I forget his name, but that guy <laughs> is going to lose his mind. He's going to make loads of analogies that don't actually make sense, and everybody's going to say he's the best commentator, and I'm going to continue to not understand. Somebody please explain the appeal to me. One last thing. Hopefully, Sanchez gets a start probably for Gomez, who hasn't been that impressive. I'll just need that beat in there as well. Yeah, he was really good in the first match, but it definitely seems as though he's he's slowed. Do you think he's just gotten a bit late? He's just out of steam, or was that first match just one in a million for him, and and maybe he's not up mm. to that level? He's he's really good, Gomez. I really rate him, but generally his problem is fading at the end of games. But really, the last two games, it just hasn't. He's just been completely out of it. And yeah, maybe it's a nearly injury. Um, but Sanchez, like I said, he deserves to start over the likes of Gomez and probably Joel Mario as well. So hopefully he gets to start rather than coming on in the second half. All right. And where can the folks find you? Um, sorry. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Dylan Eloy Arvella. And I also host the Box to Box podcast where we'll have a show on this week reviewing the round of 16 matches and looking forward to the quarterfinals. You can find that on iTunes and on Twitter at the box to box uh, TV TV podcast. Cheers. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.